What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Clone Zone, our Bad Batch after show. Today, we're talking about episode nine, The Crossing. Uh, as with me, as always, is my wife Molly. Hello. Hi. Trying a new, trying a new introduction thing. Yeah. How'd that go? I like <laughs> it. We never say our names. For <laughs> and I'm never... Alex. <laughs> <laughs> for people who have never heard or seen us we we should you're right we should introduce ourselves more often well, i just get really into that. i get really into that intro music so yeah just popping around just well popping. we we decided to invite a couple of guests along to discuss episode nine it's it's molly's other show that i keep telling her she's not allowed to have but she she keeps on talking with these other people about <laughs> Other things, not just Star Wars, but sometimes Star Wars. Welcome, Jake and Brian, from a certain What's point up? of view. Hello. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Anytime. So I'm I'm uh, outnumbered today. It's, <laughs> yeah. We're crossing it's all, the It's all view crew. If Jill shows up, I don't know. It's not even going to be my show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking over. <laughs> well, before we talk about this episode specifically, uh, we always like to catch up with our guests and see how they're feeling about the Bad Batch as a whole. I, I think we had you on for a season one episode mm -hmm. back in the day. Uh, so so how are you feeling about the series and season two now? Brian, you want me to go so you can continue? <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually enjoying it. It's uh, I might like the season better so far. Hot I take. think I do too. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. No, not really. It, it okay. seems kind of split. Like I think I prefer season one so far, but I've I've heard a lot of people saying they're enjoying season two more. So what is it about season two that's uh, engaging you? It's I, I just like kind of what they're doing as far as the stories that they're telling, and it's not. I mean, it's clearly has not been reliant on like, oh, crosshairs went bad. He's going to be the bad guy. Like he showed up one time so far once like it's so it's, it's kind of nice to see like something completely different. And uh, I've, I've just been enjoying the episodes a, a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love how much deeper we're diving into these characters. It's much more of like, like obviously for season one was very emotional because everything that was happening with Order 66 and Crosshair and everything. But this is diving in into a much different type of emotion, um, especially today in kind of things that they're dealing with. Um, I also really love seeing this group kind of do like these quote unquote side missions, like they're bounty hunters where they do not like an episodic mission, but they're going to different places and they're doing jobs for Sid. And it's a different type of story than it was in season one. Um, and it's kind of what I expected from this. Like when they, you hear the Bad Batch and it's after Order 66, I always expected it to kind of be similar to a bounty hunting group or mm. like rogue group of characters that are doing these types of missions. Um, so it is cool to see that now play through. Um, but I'm looking forward to what comes because I know something crazy is going to happen. Like Brian said, we've only seen Crosshair once and you know at some point he's going to pop back up. But it's going to get back into the craziness. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I think that's a really interesting point that you kind of went to the original show description that I forgot about until right now, but it did describe them as like the, they 
become mercenaries after Order yeah. 66. And we didn't get to see that a ton in season one, mm -hmm. a little bit. But this season has really been like the mercenary storytelling that sure. the show originally said it would be. And I, uh, to me, I'm like occasionally getting frustrated with the characters. And I think that's the point is that, you know, after everything they went through in episode eight, I was like, all right, now let's continue that storytelling. But they're like, no, that's Echo's thing. And we're going to go back and work for Sid. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for them to wake up and go yeah. go join Echo and yeah. Rex. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I started this episode. And, you know, like Tech is probably my favorite. I don't know. It kind of changes week to week. But Agreed. I love Tech same. so much. And I started this I episode. I am outnumbered. <laughs> I like him because he wears glasses, and there's not a lot of glasses in Star Wars. It's true. It's true. Uh, but <clears throat> I started this episode being really frustrated with him because he was being snappy and insensitive, and then it kind of like put me in Omega's point of view from the very beginning. So then by the end of it, I was like, "Oh, it's okay. It's like mm -hmm. they're they're all just processing a lot right now." And he, you know, explains to her that he just processes his emotions a, a little bit differently. And I just like that this whole episode kind of takes you through mostly Omega's point of view, but you get a bit of everyone's point of view and how they're coping, which is not well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're very much meant to feel the absence of echo. And I, I think that what I want is coming. I don't know if it'll happen in this season, or next or what, but I, I think that is their story of realizing that they're not on the path they should be and they will eventually uh, go help all of clone kind. Um, but it, it is, it, I think it's nice to take these breaks and really just focus on the characters. It's such a unique episode from the start. Uh, the, the music really stood out to me oh, on this so one. Good. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I meant Western, to... like, but I, and I said this in yes. our commentary, it's like Western, but like modern Western. It, they were taking inspiration definitely from the Mandalorian and kind of what it had done. And then mm. Kevin Kiner's like, ooh, let me put my spin on some Western Star Wars. And he just went hard for 30 minutes on this. And I will say for season two, people haven't been talking a lot about the music in season two. It's been incredible. And I go, I keep going back to that Riot Racing episode and how like techno it kind of was like very Tron-esque. Mm -hmm. he's he's doing great music this season and this this episode was definitely one of them i think music in star wars has become just almost synonymous with it's always good i, mm -hmm. I feel like people take it for granted i mm -hmm. know i do i don't talk about it enough until kevin kiner does something weird and <laughs> makes it like we're gonna really go heavy with the guitar yeah. in this episode and i'm like oh that's different but i like it I remember hearing the music and I was like, that sounds familiar. And I was like, oh, it's literally the Bad Batch theme, but just with a guitar and a little slower. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to yeah. bring up the the celebration poster they released, which was like that. That's immediately what I thought of. So when good. that music began. Ugh. I was like, oh, that th we're finally in like the spaghetti Western kind of era for this show. Yeah, I could I could watch that every week. Just give that to me every single week. I'd be so happy. We've talked about before how we wanted the Kiner brothers to do music for one of the live action shows. I think I think it's past time for, for them to get that opportunity. Yeah, it's kind of a why. 
Why haven't you done it yet? I feel uh, like I'm kind of waiting for the announcement for Ahsoka. Like that mm. just that that definitely would make the most sense because she obviously transfers over from animation. So mm -hmm. and Dave yeah. Filoni obviously has worked with them for many many years. So I didn't even think about that. Now that's in my head, I'm not gonna be able to get that out. I'm gonna I be know. so upset if he's not announced for Ahsoka. <laughs> So I, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Between the Clone Wars and Rebels and now the Bad Batch, it's mm -hmm. just that 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 feels like a no-brainer. But fingers yeah, crossed. That makes sense. That and he's done some of the again, just I, I keep saying weird, but I, I mean unique. Like just really interesting but still fitting Star Wars music. I think about the the journey into the nebula from Star Wars Rebels when they're taking the Lasat mm. people home. I'm like, that was such a different piece of music but it really stuck with me sabine's theme uh when she's training with the dark saber is so moving so yeah the more we talk about kevin kiner i'm like that's all i want <laughs> i mean does he do i'm the music is like probably the lowest for me of my knowledge does he do the rebels like individual so like i would assume hearing or like once sabine probably walks out for the first time like we'll have some type of music from like like brian he did he did bronze yeah. there you go yeah so that's what i mean so like i'm assuming like it almost kind of not has to be in ahsoka but like well they they used ahsoka's theme in the mandalorian but that was I, i'm i hope he was credited for writing that theme in the credits but that you know was ludwig's show yeah so I, I'm hopeful that he gets to do new themes and just build off of what he already created. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, back to the Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to bring up that, because um, I, I heard this on Force Center when I was listening to it earlier. So Brooke Roberts wrote this episode, which I don't think I've heard of her, but they brought up the fact that like Filoni oftentimes gets all the credit mm -hmm. and i mean there are multiple writers for for these shows jennifer corbett is like the head writer i just noticed on, on the the poster like feloni is written real big and he <laughs> did create the series so like that you know. kind of was <laughs> happening last week molly i saw that happening last week because i was like oh i never think about the fact that it's not just dave feloni like i just it's just one of those things you just immediately like assume but then it was like people were like can we start giving credit to these people and, mm -hmm. and not just him and i was like oh okay well it makes sense like why wouldn't we yeah, yeah his, his the writing is go Sorry, ahead go on. <laughs> i was just gonna say the writing in these episodes have, has been so good and season two specifically i just <laughs> feel like there's so many layers to it and you can interpret it in so many different ways and just having to tell this specific story of like what's going to happen to the clones is like huge for star Wars. That's a, that's a huge responsibility to have to write mm -hmm. these stories. And, and so they're doing such a good job. I should point out that I, Filoni himself at star Wars celebration was like trying to remind star Wars fans that like, I, I created the concept, but he like introduced the bad batch panel and everyone else and was like, they make the show. They do everything. I'm going to go work on my li like the live action stuff. Like he's very <laughs> focused in the live action series right now. Um, I think he's always going to be 
built into the animation side of Star Wars too. But uh, yeah, Jennifer Corbett is doing a great job as the showrunner who who wrote this episode, Molly. Like I'm um, I'm bad about it too, looking up who wrote yeah. each episode and directed them. Brooke Roberts did this one, so it says known for. She did a couple episodes of The Flash, NCIS, uh, a couple huh. different shows like that. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Doing great. Doing such a good job. Proud of you. For the most part, they have had a different writer every single episode. I know Matt Machinovitz has been credited with a lot of like the story beats, yeah. uh, story by which he, he's been involved in the Clone Wars, I, I think Rebels and Resistance and Fallen Order. So he's he's done a lot of work in Star Wars. According to the always trustable and reliable Wikipedia search, he did four and six and everything. Every other episode was written by someone else, hmm. like a different person. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's kind of nice getting you're getting different views of different people's ideas and it's clearly paying off because i mean i don't think i'm alone in saying that i like this season better so far and we're not even oh we just crossed halfway so yeah it, yeah it's also it's a, showing I, too each episode kind of has a different feel to it that's exactly yeah. what i was going to say yeah mm -hmm. that, that there's been a lot of variety in this season yeah. compared to season one i think we had the racing episode and the indiana jones episode and then Love like it. it'll it I keep comparing the series to the X Files, but you know we'll 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 do kind of an episode of the week, and then we'll get the Crosshair Smoking Man episode, a couple episodes of the week, and then we do the Clone Conspiracy episodes, and then so just kind of getting to bounce back and forth. And, sounds like Smallville. Yeah, just hey, love it, love it. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> Those like '90s, 2000s, uh, just, serialized shows. We just threw uh, racing slash Tron. We threw Indiana Jones and Smallville in the mix of Bad Batch. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Well, and I now we've got else. what what appears to be like a Western arc that, that involved uh, mines and a Lion King style stampede. I, I was going to bring up the Lion King. <laughs> we got there. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And I'll just say just say Speed Racer just to add it because that's another thing Jake just likes, even though it has yeah. no connection. Hundred percent. <laughs> Well, I really liked the the setup where from the start we can see that Omega is just down in the dumps. She's really not handling uh, the loss of Echo, not the loss, but the the, the fact that Echo has departed. Mm -hmm. uh, that still sounds like he died. The fact that Echo yeah, you, decided to go him. somewhere else. <laughs> he switched teams. He switched yeah. teams. There you go. <laughs> the the fact that Echo went on a different mission uh, is really not sitting well with Omega, but. Like all the other clones seem like they're not okay with it. Like they're, they're definitely bickering, but I think they know how to handle it a little bit better. Or maybe they're just pushing their feelings down. Thoughts? I don't I don't know if every like if Hunter and, and Wrecker felt this way, but it's that line from tech that stuck with me of, you know, this is what soldiers do. Like mm -hmm. they've all been through losing, whether it be a member of the team or other clones they work with. And, you know, we didn't hear from Hunter or Wrecker kind of how they're feeling. Obviously, they're probably hurt a little bit. But if we throw their feelings in with tech and how, what he said, they're used to it. Like, of course, they miss him and they want him involved. And it's a little bit of a bummer situation. But to them, that's just the normal. Like, that's what they go through every single day. I'm going through war and and dealing with 
you know, doing a mission with this person and then going off and doing something else. And so to them, it's probably just an everyday thing, even though it hurts. Uh, it, it feels much different from o Omega just because she's been around not as long. And also her feelings are a little bit different than people like the Bad Bats. So um, that, that's what I took away from it anyway. I kind of went the route of like, I mean, their clones were made for one thing war and like their their main objective is to just complete a mission do what they're supposed to do so like i mean they weren't clearly designed to have feelings and caring about uh, each other and stuff like that whereas she is very much different from every other clone clearly like she i mean <clears throat> a girl clone versus every other clones of being a boy that just being the simplest one. So like they seem to be kind of doing more like stuff, like letting her kind of grow up literally. So she doesn't know how to process these types of emotions compared to the, all the soldier clones that are just like, yeah, it's a part of war or whatever you move mm -hmm. on. So, mm -hmm. and she's just like, we were a family. Like this is not, we shouldn't just be moving on. And so, yeah. Yeah. So I like text line when they're, when it's just him and Omega talking and he says, I'm not sure how I should care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like, change is just a part of life. So as soldiers, they have boiled it down to that change is just a part of life. We got to move with it. We got to move on quickly in order to complete whatever mission it is. And so it's interesting that that is how he feels. And he's kind of like realizing as he's saying it out loud, like, okay, I can't do that all the time. I, maybe I should reassess this. And Omega, it, she's like wearing every emotion on her sleeve. She's like, I got to talk about this stuff. I want, I want to work this out. Whereas they're all just kind of like pushing it down, bottling it up. And it's coming out with them being really snippy with each other, like Tech and Wrecker are like bickering this whole episode, which is adorable. But mm -hmm. like, it's it's like an underlying problem for all of them. And Omega's like, can we please talk about this? And they're just like, what? What Talk about what? Yeah. I, I think everyone brought up really great points. And just Molly talking about change, I'll try to go backwards. It's It's interesting to think that the clones the Bad Batch went through change. Uh, every clone, really, except for Omega and Boba Fett, like, they changed twice as fast as a normal human would. So, like, they probably never got a real childhood. Not that Omega got much of a childhood either, but they just, like, from birth, were told, you're a soldier, you're going to be changing rapidly, deal with it. And yeah, you're going to lose brothers left and right because it's war and that's what we made you to do. Deal with that. There's also the fact that uh, they've already gone through some loss with Crosshair, straight up betraying them and leaving them. Uh, so they, they've been through that. Omega barely knew Crosshair. But to her, Echo has always been a part of the team. To them, they've known him for not that long. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah. Like, they met him right at the end of the Clone Wars series. And then he hung around for a little bit. And maybe a year, year and a half later, he's like, I think I'm needed somewhere else. And they're like, 
hey bye like <laughs> it's not that big of a deal to them but i love omega's kind of response especially to like tex callus line where he's like we were around before echo and we're gonna be afterwards and mm-hmm. like that's basically like saying we were around before you and if you leave no big deal yeah. so just yeah, like it counts it counts for he's talking about echo but she's hearing it and she's like mm-hmm. you realize that counts for me too mm-hmm. like yeah it is it is interesting kind of looking at it whereas in this situation typically 99 out of 100 times that the child would be learning and picking things up from the the adults i almost feel like every other episode we see omega teaching them like they're still learning and understanding and picking things up in the world through her eyes because she isn't like every other clone and she's going through her childhood right now and she's picking things up like any other any or like no clone has before um, because other clones obviously weren't out in the world like she's doing. They were all held within a bottle, trained for one thing only. And it's not like it's every other character, but especially this episode, even though Tech has those lines, he has these small realizations after talking to her and and her feelings being put out into the world. And I feel like we're learning a lot of that through these episodes and everything is through her eyes and they're picking up on things, even though they're not that many years older, but matured in, you know, body size and, and experience per se. They've certainly yeah. seen more. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I did want to bring this up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Brown, thanks for the super chat. Yeah. I felt the same way. I was like, no dads don't fight. Yeah. She said, I hate uh, seeing Omega's dad's fight. It definitely yeah. felt like, Echo's absence threw things out of balance. And as much as none of them truly admit it until tech at the end, the, them fighting is a is them acknowledging that in some way. That, it's nice to see, though, like growth, you know, because mm-hmm. typically clones, they wouldn't do that and they would push push things away. But because they're out in the world, it, they're doing is a little different than than other clones would. So what's funny and that they, it literally took. Uh, Omega and Tech being stuck together in a cave for them <laughs> almost to almost dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I, I, I. Oh, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just saying, and they seem to kind of be a little bit more like sloppy while doing like the job. Yeah. At least in my opinion, like they were not as like precise and just kind of all over the place. And almost, I would dare say Omega was kind of the one that was more like on point because she was doing all those things with the exploding uh minerals and so it's just like yeah yeah it, it's <laughs> Oops, yeah, that's, that's great, great. that's yeah. great i'll read that real quick shayla starkly thank you for the super chat given how often they kept dropping the mineral maybe they should have called it oopsie <laughs> i wish that joke was in there i wish a plus pun touche but yeah no they just they all seem to just be like sloppy like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like they weren't they're known for being like precise getting the job done for the most part uh but like they i mean they wouldn't lose their ship on a normal day yeah they lost their ship they (laughs) fell down the hole into a cave the thing the cave blew up like there was so many like mistakes that it just kind of was like oh like the the attitude and the like the vibe is not as cohesive as it usually is yeah 
the, and yeah. Omega's got like a super steady hand the yeah. whole time. From and the start of just being like, we this is a, a five-man job. There's only four of us. And Omega, you can't watch alone, so stay with Wrecker. Wait, actually, we need Omega because she's small and just being down one. Per- I wonder how Crosshair would feel about that <laughs> now that I think <laughs> he would have like, bounced. Like, it, <laughs> well, I'm more just thinking that Crosshair left them and they were fine. Oh, yeah. Echo leaves and they fall apart. <laughs> the- <laughs> Crosshair, I fascist, feel like. <laughs> fascist, nice guy. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by, by the end of it, Tech's like, oh, we need a precise shot. I got this. Yeah. So, like, that's yeah, we don't the one crosshair. thing Crosshair was good at. <laughs> the one thing. Uh, I, I really like, uh, Jake, what you brought up about Omega teaching the other clones, because that's just been one of my favorite things that Molly brought up back in the first two episodes of how Omega is teaching them to become more well-rounded, mm-hmm. where at the start, I mean, I remember when they were introduced in season seven and everyone was like a little annoyed by them because they're all these over the top caricatures. And but it, it does make sense the way that they would have been brought up talking about the clones saying, OK, not only are you soldiers, but you're a strong soldier and mm-hmm. you're the intelligent one and you're the good shot. And you have tracking so like just being told that you are this one specific purpose and that's it. But then once they meet Omega, they have to become more and more Mm well-rounded. And and in turn, they're teaching her those same skills. And uh, Molly, something you said when we were watching the episode earlier, I really liked is, you know, Omega's not in a good mood when they call her and they're like, Omega, we need you for something important. And she's like, Ah, yeah she doesn't jump at the occasion yeah (laughs) it gave me very like it's funny because she's probably like what 13 14 15 maybe around there yeah young teenager yeah so for me that's being a teacher like that's almost the exact age range that i'm dealing with and it's just kind of like you see like this one especially you just see the moods and the flow and the, and to be completely honest, she seemed to kind of be going through the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Like clear, like she literally yeah. was just kind of rolling through each one. Um, and she just based didn't know how to handle it. And mm-hmm. so it's, it, it was very much seeing like for me, like seeing your typical teenager in a mood and they don't know how to communicate their feelings. And so they just start acting out uh, and not wanting to be told what to do and blowing up minds. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're all dealing with loss right now. And like, yeah, that's, that's a big part of this episode and what I know a lot of people kind of noticed and latched onto is like, this is how people act when they're dealing with, a loss of some kind, especially when it's in a family dynamic like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jill. Even though he's <laughs> a high Jill, friend. Jill. Jill, Jill is our missing uh, fifth guest host here. She's <laughs> dry <she's> pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I am now thinking and realizing that I, I believe Omega is technically older than the bad batch. I, I think People have pointed out in past chats that uh, she mentions in season one, watching them like be born or created. Uh, But it is interesting to remember that they are the same age. 
And uh, Brian, you pointed out that she seemed to be the most level-headed one where they're all maybe kind of throwing little teenager temper tantrums. Hunter seems like he's got a lid on it, but he just kind of stays quiet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He shuts down. Wrecker Mm -hmm. and tech butt heads constantly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Hunter is the one that is like telling tech, like, you need, you started this, you have to fix it. I can't Mm -hmm. be the one to be the like, the the main dad the the omega <laughs> the one like the the bad guy that has to have all the conversations with omega he's like go take care of this it is it is nice to see him say things like that because we like when you look at the the bad batch you look at hunter and you're like well he's kind of the de facto leader right like he's the one like if you were to assign a leader he's the leader and for him to say things like that like no i'm not dealing with it you have to take care of it it is nice to get those little moments because sometimes we do forget that he is kind of the one in charge making the decisions in all the, like the chaos that's happening, especially this season because they've been separated a lot. So mm-hmm. when they are together, it is nice to kind of see him step in, whether that's telling someone to do something on their own or doing it himself. So. Another smart thing Molly said earlier that I really <laughs> liked is that Hunter, <laughs> you I'm were just full of it, it today. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh she pointed out that yeah, hunter knows what omega needs but also knows the way to communicate it to tech because he knows tech very well and he's the like, bridge he, he has to spell it out for tech that this is why she's upset you you can go fix this I so like please go do that he's like the interpreter that. of of the <laughs> yeah. family he's like okay yeah because there's there's always that sibling that is like the fixer that is like mm. okay let me go do this and then i'll go take care of this and he's that one. I mean, there's I like that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we all have come across someone at some point in our life that is just devoid of emotion. Like they seem to be just, I mean, I immediately think of the, one of my coworkers where it's like, you're just being like all warm and fuzzy. And she's just like, okay. Like, yeah. it's just like, you just don't, they just don't see it. Like, oh, I'm going to do you a favor. Well, that was kind of your job. So you should do. like, it's just very much a numbers results type of thing. And that seems to be tech's way of going. And obviously Omega's a teenage girl. So it's like complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people uh, connected to tech. I definitely did. I'm someone who has trouble expressing and processing their emotions. So I was like, yep, I like that. I liked that conversation a whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he said, hugs. when Tech said, like, what's your issue? You could almost hear it in your head. The other people in the room going, ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The girls are fighting. Don't go there. <laughs> well, that's something that when he said it, I was like, ooh, bad move, Tech but I'm certain I've said stuff like that before. (laughs) (laughs) Molly's nodding for the audio (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just wondering if you, if you, did he forget Valentine's Day? Is that why he's giving you so many compliments today so far? (laughs) No, but that is strange. (laughs) You just said a lot of smart things. Can't I tell you you're smart? What is your issue? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there it is. Where were we? Okay, I I, I like the scene. <laughs> Why are we here? Yeah, what are we doing? Uh, I, I liked when Hunter sent Tech off to find Omega, and they they reached each other, but then they still just kind of 
ignore their emotions and, and ignore the talk. I really liked the the whole volatile mineral being a metaphor for like everyone's emotional mm -hmm. state where it's like, oh, be careful with it or it might explode. <laughs> and tech is like the worst person to be talking to her. But I, I like that they're just like, let's let's ignore the underlying issue and we're just going to focus everything we have on getting the Ipsium. Mm -hmm. Until, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just to say, and I think at some point in the episode, every single one of them was telling her to be like, be careful. Like, it's going to explode. Like, every single one of them. And she's just like, dude, I've got this. Like, back off. It's funny because, like, they're the ones that are like, oh. And she's <laughs> like, this is fine. She's literally pulling it out and just handing it to him. So mm -hmm. it's kind of funny how, like, I, in my mind, I kind of, like, they were, like, the nervous, didn't know how to show their emotion or whatever, so they put it into, oh, it's going to explode. And stuff. she's like, I, we've done this type of stuff a million times. Like, we're chill. But she yeah. does kind of, the way we've seen her do this multiple times this season now, she kind of gets that singular focus on achieving the goal, getting the treasure, mm -hmm. what have you. And so eventually she does fall over the edge. Uh and I really love that the second there's a threat that tech understands <laughs> that there's no <clears throat> pause. He just like jumps in after he's like bottomless pit. I don't know. Omega's down there. I have to go down there too. Yeah. Cause normally he, you know, he would get his little scanner out, be like, hmm, let me calculate the distance to this, this, but like, no, he, he kicks into gear and it's like, okay, family is down there. I guess I just have to jump down there. My I was I was shocked episode. when she fell. Like obviously it ended, up, it ended up being okay, but she fell, and I was like, "Uh, that's a weird thing for this show to do." And then he jumps in after. I was like, oh, "Okay, it's it's gonna be okay. Like something's gonna happen. <laughs> They're gonna fall into like water or just." What something. did you expect her to just be? Yeah, did you think she was just Gamora dead? down no, at the no, bottom? No, 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 no. Like <laughs> I I thought like he was gonna like as soon as she fell, the typical as soon as the rock pulls away, Tech grabs her. Uh, yeah. Back. I wasn't expecting her to like fall and disappear into the darkness. It, uh, it did throw me for a little bit of a loop. My favorite yeah. part of the whole entire episode was <clears throat> when Wrecker jumps down and you just hear the oh. <laughs> yeah. like, That was my favorite. It's time. Thing. That's my drawing. We Wrecker <laughs> uh, popping out of the, the water fall water chute. Oh, I don't know what to talk that, about, but that laugh killed me. That well, Let's let's best. do it twice because that was my drawing. Too. <laughs> Yay! I'm so glad I changed my mind. I even I even second. drew I even drew them watching them come down oh. the waterfall. Um, yeah, that, I was I was dying when I heard this the screams. It the was scream like was so good. Emotional conversation between Tech and Omega. They're figuring the feelings out, and then distance. You hear the two goofballs coming down the water pit, <laughs> screaming their heads off. It was great. Great. I love a good distant scream that you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my my drawing is like the the quiet, nice moment right before that happens. So it's just. <laughs> oh my god! Molly. Jesus, Goodness. Lady. <laughs> uh, heck. God. They're bonding. This is god, why Alex the big terrible. <laughs> this is why I what? Pay her the big bucks. Oh she's yeah, bringing yeah. all the yeah. art to your show. Well, I, should I just I, show mine? Mine's different. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Molly. Yeah. Molly, you no, just was, go ahead. I was going to say I had I had the idea for that like early this morning, so I had some time to like sit and stare at the episode. <laughs> so mine was like them watching <laughs> the ship leave. 
<laughs> Bye. Bye. So, yeah, the ship's just so you have Hunter's got his little face thing. I made Wrecker yes. thicker. Uh, just a thicker stick figure. Uh-huh. He's just a thicker one. And then she has girl hair. And she's just frowning. How, how come the others are smiling, but she's frowning? Yeah. Because they have no emotion right now, and she's actually oh. upset. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're denying well... their truth. Yeah. And that kind of looks like the Death Star now that I look at it. So, or Molly's fan that we're not going to talk about. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I like thick wrecker. Yeah. Yeah, thick, I literally, that's all I did. Just made, use the, instead of the tip, I used the whole, okay, I'm stopping there. Never mind. I really, <laughs> I really wanted to draw the, um, the Mufasa moment, but I couldn't figure out how to translate it to my whiteboard. Um, so I ended up yeah. going with the waterfall scene. So the, <laughs> the whiteboard just, drawings are hard. Yeah, yeah, it's a little tough. Yeah. I would just uh, draw a stick figure, like the four legs, just a bunch of them, like little. Yeah, like those creatures trampling. I was gonna draw the creatures trampling Wrecker, but I don't want to get too morbid because I thought he was about to get Mufasa'd. So <laughs> I'm sure that's what they wanted everyone to think because it was like, <laughs> how can you think anything but Lion yeah. King in that moment? Yeah. I love the part where they're like, "Go down there," and he's like, "Well, what about me?" Like, he's like screw <laughs> yeah, you guys, I'm not going down there. Supposed to protect that, like jump down there in front of this stampede of creatures running you over. It's like obviously he's the the only choice for that moment. Yeah, like he's gonna be the one that can handle that. But poor guy, I feel like Wrecker's <laughs> really been put through the ringer this season. Like yeah. they keep putting him in situations where he has to go up high, and he hates that. Uh, th- th- they've done that like four episodes in a row. I, I feel like. But... Well, and it was I think it was the beginning of this episode where they were kind of laying out the plan of what they're doing, and Wrecker goes, "Why me?" And I think Hunter goes, well, Echo's not here, so we have to fill gaps. And now that Echo isn't there, they kind of have to, again, learn other things to do that either Echo was doing or Crosshair was doing at one point. So it's about being, again, that well-rounded aspect and them doing different things that they haven't done before. And maybe Wrecker's just kind of getting the short stick in this situation. And and it's funny that Tech says, you know, we existed before Echo and we'll exist afterwards. But you can see how much they're struggling, even yeah. even if he's only been with them for yeah. maybe a year, that yeah. they they just can't. <laughs> well, for Wrecker in this one specifically, like he seems like he's just overdoing these missions. He's like, I hate this planet. My back hurts. <laughs> I, I'm tired. I was I'm waiting for the spo- I was waiting for the SpongeBob. My leg. Like he just like. <laughs> That's all he, we needed. He is Bye. like such a such a workhorse for for them, and he I'm like he he just wants to settle down somewhere. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. go on these missions anymore. The, the moment during the stampede where he gets hit in the head with a, or during a storm when he gets hit in the head with a rock and just yeah. goes hey yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not Al just like oh come on universe another thing to yeah he's just at. tired he's just tired and he wants to put his feet up. With, with a cocktail or something and just man relax. yells at clouds hey. yeah. <laughs> man yells at rock yeah <laughs> he just wants to eat that that's been my favorite running joke of this season is he is eating or talking about eating like every episode <laughs> look at him he's got oh a, yeah he needs it he needs he the needs calories to, he needs to hit his macros or else he's yeah. gonna wither away <laughs> i wonder how many calories he needs a day oh a lot yeah, a, lot. a big boy with three C's, so probably a lot. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, uh, oh, we didn't oh. really talk about 
who may have stolen the Marauder. Because that <laughs> happens really quickly. Should we I talk about our... for a half second thinking it was Hondo? Like that's what I was gonna bring up. I was yeah, like, so ooh, Hondo in a disguise. Because they were they were kind of like panning at the character in a way that wanted you to believe it was someone that you would recognize or you may know. And right now it's obviously it doesn't mean anything, but it's gonna transfer into something, hopefully anyway. Um, but that was the first thing that came to mind is like, oh my god, are they bringing Hondo back into the fold? I was like, I swear to God, if I hear like my friend, I'm gonna like <laughs> lose my mind. <laughs> that would be funny. They're like, we've never met you before. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I feel like the biggest moment in our reaction uh, that I edited this morning was us thinking that that was Hondo and being like, oh my God. And then we got a better look and we were like, Mm, never mind feathers coming out of his yeah i feel like they were trying to trick us i don't know the the little the hat is kind of like a turtle shell the feathers look kind of like his hair he's got the red and white jacket jacket. on but when you pause it like you can see what i think are human hands and uh i don't know the mask is who knows but i was like for for a second we got real excited and thought it was hondo same (laughs) I did like a like oh that's Hondo and then when it clearly wasn't I was like I never said that like it was just like I didn't think that no that's clearly not Hondo but I do you do you guys think that it could be someone that we know or is it just going to be a random character leading to some type of episode where they have to get their shit back? Well, we've we've seen the screeners, so okay, fair enough. We we've seen the next episode at least, so we will just. I'm gonna abstain. Throw a wild, wild. You can say guess. it's definitely not Hondo. It's not Hondo. <laughs> we'll say that. But we did. That was a genuine. Like, oh my god, it's Hondo. Oh, that's not Hondo. <laughs> I am going to make a wild prediction and say that it's not someone we know, but they're working for someone we know mm-hmm. or have met. Can I? Go, go ahead. Can I point out how? Uh, shocked I was that they just seemed like they didn't care their ship got stolen and that they would just <laughs> get another same thing. Like obviously as Star Wars fans, we it's different for us. Right. And, and we look at these characters and these ships and these, these ships are synonymous with these characters and there's so many important things. And we obviously uh, align the Marauder with, with the bad batch, but the second tech goes, it's just a ship. We can get another. I was like, Oh, <gasps> How dare you say that? Like, yeah. this is your ship. This is synonymous to you. And can we not talk about the worst part of this whole episode? Gonky better not be on that ship. <laughs> like, yep. I immediately was like, uh... We just got him gonky? back in episode eight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was immediately went, I swear to God, if Gonky is on that ship. I mean, if, like, they, if he follows the background, <laughs> then he's definitely hidden on that ship somewhere. Maybe that's how they get their ship back. Did they not mention him this episode? That actually, no, I don't like. No, I'm surprised Omega didn't say something about like, yeah, our ship is gone. Gonky's there. (laughs) I just scroll back up to find this super chat from from Donnie Rand. Thanks, Donnie. (laughs) I hope Gonky wasn't on their ship when it was stolen. He's a part of the family too. Maybe Gonky will show up next week to rescue the batch. I I love that idea. What if it's a a whole uh, an episode about Gonky? Oh Just my god! Saving yes. the day, like a, a standalone I, episode. 
Oh my god, a god. That's all I want. Give it to me. That's yes. all I want. Yes. He somehow steals the shit back and all of a sudden he just walks <laughs> off. Well, 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 I will lose my mind. Sid doesn't bring any help, but it doesn't matter. Gonky just flies in like gonk gonk gonk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. gonk, gonk, gonk. That's his catchphrase, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's all he can say. That, yeah. I it was funny because like that's literally like my I the whole entire rest of the episode, I was like. Okay, this is going on, but like, is Gonky okay? Like, that's, like <laughs> that's that's so far right now probably my biggest concern. Everyone's talking about Echo, but Gonky. I don't care. <laughs> Echo's Echo's fine. Give I need Gonky. I mean, I'm shocked it took us eight episodes. That last week was the first time we saw him this season. Like, he he was such a he wasn't in every episode in season one, but every time he showed up, people were like, "Yeah, Gonky, look." Wrecker's squatting him again or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Hope says someone on Tumblr made a diehard poster oh with Gonky and it's god, amazing. I need to find that. Oh my god. Nice. <laughs> Hope, if you have tweeted that or something, I will find it. Uh, <laughs> right now. I need to see that poster. Yeah, no, Jake, that's a good point how they very much were just like, eh, whatever. I'm yeah, like, like, like I, like I, my get crappy it. car got stolen. Yeah, it's a piece of crap, but I was still pretty mad. Like, like I get <laughs> it. Like you can get another ship, and obviously it's Star Wars, so there's a there's a plethora of them in the universe, and there's probably one very similar to the Marauder out there. But <laughs> I think I found it. No. I'm guessing it's on the poster. Um, I I was just like kind of shell shocked that it like Tech, who has been who flies the ship, who deals with the ship, said, "Oh, we can just get another." I was like. How am I more connected to this than you are, dude? Like this is literally your ship. You live and breathe on this ship. I think um, yeah. I think what was going on there was like already tensions are high and already they're all kind of like not knowing how to process yeah. going on without Echo and having to go on these stupid missions for Sid instead of what they should be doing, which is what Echo is doing and helping the clones. So it's like it's like one more thing to add to the mix. So they are like, if I freak out now, I'm gonna freak out about everything. It's true. Not just one thing. So they're kind of like, it's fine, whatever. We'll get another ship. <laughs> I guess I assume that tech is just not that attached to the ship. Yeah. The, like, I could see myself having a similar reaction. So I, I took really? it. I took it as if Kinda. I were having like an absolute shit day, like problem after problem after problem and then i stub my toe and i'm just like oh 100 that that i can you yell hey like i'm like i can't let this thing set it off because then it'll all come out that's and true. i'm not ready for it yet <laughs> you have just things piled on you and you stub your toe and that's when you fall to the ground crying and yeah. just having a breakdown yeah so you know what's the, the issue cat. what's your <laughs> issue so did you not care when the Razor Crest got blown to smithereens? I cared. I, I, I'm saying if I were in their position and, and kind of instead of just having a crappy day, I'm like talking a crappy few. I guess it's been months at this point that, you know, so much has fallen apart for the clones. They lost Crosshair. They lost Echo. They lost their purpose as soldiers. The Republic's gone. The Empire's here. Like so much has happened that I think I might be like, well, and the ship's gone. Like, 
Like you all, you've almost been waiting for that to happen. I Just well, yeah, I guess, and I don't know that they. I don't think tech views <clears throat> it as a home the same way that Omega does. Yeah. Like I think tech just views it more as a as a car than a home. That's fair. Where yeah. like I've I've totaled several cars in my life, so I'm just <laughs> wow. Like, did you get rid of him, Molly? Did he did hit I? the back button? He must have hit the back button. <laughs> I bet you he hit the back button. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. The... Well, I put the yeah, picture. We're doing in it. There. We're taking him out. We're yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll be POV. POV's taking over. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope sent me the the picture. I saw that you found it too. But uh, the creator is Random Lothcat. Okay. Of the of this. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I expected. I don't know what I expected. It wasn't that though. But Gong card. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Many scavengers, one droid. The odds are against Gonky. That's just the way he likes it. It's so oh. good. That's perfection. Uh, I mean, we all love the droids. How would you not? Mm -hmm. And it's Gonkaye, Mother Gonker. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just see like Gonky walking out of like a uh, smoked rebel, a uh, rubble, and it's just like explosions behind him. And he's just a slow mo walk towards the Bad Batch. I think he only walks slow, so I don't even know if he had <laughs> true, that. true. <laughs> An even slower motion walk. <laughs> yeah. I hope I you know what I hope Gonky at some point in this series gets a big hero moment. That would be <laughs> super fun. Because yeah. this fun. this show has been pretty light on the droids compared oh, to yeah. other Star Wars shows. We got yeah. a little bit of Toto. We get Gonky every once in a while. We we, we got, got Clink. Clink. Yeah. Oh, Clink. I love him so much. What's the, the racing droid? Oh, yeah. Oh, the the one voiced by... Oh, man. It's the already left me. Isn't it Tio? T yeah, Tio. Tio. Brian, you just, beat me, in Star you, you just I... beat me in Star Wars trivia. <laughs> Bye. How do I leave studio? No, okay. <laughs> I'll kick everybody off screen except for Brian. This is your yeah. stream now. It's a good idea. <laughs> It's about time this happened, honestly, the way they've been running things. I mean, it was about time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I was going to see how long he could go. I was going to, and then I was just like, <laughs> I hope Alex comes back in. <laughs> he's, he's done that to me before, and I hate being full screen. I'm like, no, you so can see I. every pore on my face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stress. What else haven't we covered for the episode? Uh, we, oh, Sid. Thing. We haven't talked about Sid. Oh, but Brian. That's, that's, exactly where, that's exactly where I was going. Okay, she, great. So I don't know about you guys, but so far this season, she's been getting shadier and shadier to me. And this one was like, for me, like, okay, you are now being like, there's something going on. Like, it's not... It, you're not acting they're not important or like maybe she has her hands tied by something else like it last what was the last one that kind of like gave gave us like a the riot racing it was the yeah, riot, the racing, riot yeah. racing where you were just kind of like mm, that's not sitting well with me and then you're just like maybe this to me was like the 
all right, something's going on with her. We yeah. we know that she operates like in this dark, un, not like super underworld, but she's obviously dealing with money and missions and, and stolen goods and stuff. And I mean, I don't know if this is what's happening because there hasn't really been like an inkling to it, but maybe everything is starting to come back to bite her and she's doing whatever she can to kind of get out of like a pit, some some type of pit that she's in, struggle. And that has kind of come at the expense of the Bad Batch. Um mm-hmm. You know, they're away on a mission and she can't help them because she's dealing with these people who are coming after her or, you know, coming for her money or her place or, or whatever it may be. Uh, I know Brian has mentioned we've talked a couple of times that um, he kind of feels some type of betray coming from 100 oh, percent. I don't know if it's like a straight betray, but I have a feeling that something that she does is going to affect the batch. Inside. I don't think it's a straight betrayal. I think that she's going to have her hands tied in some way where she like in order to save herself, she screws them over. Like, let's say, <clears throat> I don't know the name of the, the guy she made a bet with. Because he very much was like, yeah, she very much. Oh, you won again. Uh, (laughs) He's like, I got to come back. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, He very much was like, she's going to screw you. It's just a matter of when. So like, I very much after that was kind of like, she she doesn't seem like the person that's just going to outright like, hey, money's money. Like I needed to make a quick buck. But if someone's bending her arm and putting her in a position, it's, it's going to be her over you type situation. And that's kind of the feeling I get from her. I could very much see like, not him specifically, but like a rampart being like, you're going to do this and you're not going to say a word. And that she kind of sets it into the motion and then they get trapped. I could see something like that happening not her just being like hey i needed the cash mm-hmm. like so yeah well luckily yeah. ramparts arrested right now so that's what i said <laughs> i said someone in the vein of like a yeah. rampart like yeah, 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 yeah. empire person that just kind of is <clears throat> like hey we know you're helping them if you don't help up, if you don't throw them to the wolves we're gonna take over your business yeah. and she's just yeah. like okay here I, I, There's a couple I think, of people in the chat oh, that agree. Oh, uh, Kyle, oh, I didn't think. Thanks about for that. the super chat. Sid hired the ship thief. Hmm, mm-hmm. that's an it's interesting. So funny. I'm think the whole entire time I've been thinking like, oh, someone set, someone sent that person to buy the ship. It never crossed my mind that Sid was the person to do yeah. it. That I like that. that but the, she did hold on to to go back to that. She did straight up warn them that they, they said something about sid warned us oh, there yeah. were poachers in the area so it would be oh, kind of right. weird for her to be like hey that's look right. out for poachers and then send a poacher that's true <laughs> yeah she should have uh, been like don't don't worry about poachers none. <laughs> they, <are. laughs> they don't even know about that place it's fine but it uh, is an interesting thought garth mcmurray sent a super chat in thank you garth I think Sid will sell the batch out to Rampart. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe they've already done that whole deal before he got arrested. Well, there, there's also uh, people brought up last week, and I, I liked that thought that they arrested him or whatever, but he still might have some behind the scenes influence or something. Mm-hmm. So to to clear his good name or or get back in good favor with the emperor, he does know 
that the bad batch is alive mm-hmm. yeah that happened in episode two <clears throat> where he was like oh now i have to try to hide this but maybe capturing them would be he's got leverage good. yeah so if if there's some way for him to behind bars uh affect things rampart if i'm not mistaken because it was like i think it was episode three um the only person that outside of rampart that knows is crosshair right that they're alive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean and we don't know what crosshair is doing right now he the whole cody thing he's on a different squad now Does cody now cody, cody doesn't know no um as far as we no. know we didn't see it no? yeah uh but cody's off a wall crosshair is on another squad possibly running a squad I could see a situation where Crosshair finds out, shuts Sid down, attacks, whatever, and that's kind of what happens. Because right now, he mm-hmm. is the only one that knows outside of Rampart. Obviously, that's, Rampart could that's you know, could voice things, etc. but it would make it much more personal of a situation rather than just the Empire coming down. I like the idea of Crosshair kind of ruining what the Batch has mm. right now. Even though it was never a forever thing, it could ruin everything and throw them in disarray if Crosshair were to be the one doing it rather than just a Star Destroyer showing up. I like that. If Crosshair is the one that's like actually bending Sid's arm, kind of like that would make mm. it even more personal. Like yeah. it's like, it's like not only was this like person that was helping you screw you over, your old brother was the one to do this. Yeah. Like that would be even more of a because like layer. In reality, does the emperor does the emperor really care about the bad batch? Like in the grand scheme of things, probably Omega, but not probably not a lot. Well, no, I don't know if that's true anymore because the Kaminoans. Yeah, the like that... pro- like they're probably so far in the distant to someone like the emperor. The only person that's really going to care is Crosshair because they're the former brothers of him. So it would make sense for him to kind of be the catalyst to all of it. Can you bring up Bill's comment? Because I've been thinking that exact same thing this whole entire this? time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like oh. hearing theories. Yeah. No, it's funny. Because I look at Alex during our Last of Us stream whenever we say something for like the slightest, like. That's like, that's <laughs> right. I did two shows with Alex and both of them. He knows everything already. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Jake I, for you. Steel box. I don't know. He doesn't even let emotions out. So <laughs> is he tech? Is he tech? He's gonk. I'm gonk. I'm gonky. I'm gonky. gonky. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think I see a betrayal coming from that, and I love what of it. If it was crosshair, that to me is way worse than like Rampart being or someone like that. More personal. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean. Uh, yeah. I'll bring this up. Uh, a super chat from Dave McHugh. <laughs> Gonky needs to make the transition to live action. Well, here Agreed. we go. We don't. Oh. <laughs> it's it's okay. Alex. Gonk. <laughs> Gonk. I was gonna, maybe we've seen it. Maybe he's the Gonk droid in A New Hope in the Sandcrawler or something. Wouldn't maybe that be incredible? Maybe he's walking around Deco Base. We don't know. Um, Wouldn't that be incredible? What if we get a there? certain point of view story and it's Gonky? <gasps> Finally. Uh, oh my God. I would die. And then just the whole entire story is literally just written as gonk. Gonk, gonk, gonk. It's like an I am Groot story, right? You can only yeah. say I am Groot. Yeah. And then Star yeah. Wars fans would try to decipher what, what does each gonk mean? <laughs> that would be funny. Each gonk. <laughs> yeah. This, I, I enjoyed this episode. I, for me, it was very 
I, I this could be me, but it seemed very different, like Star Wars y. Like it kind of went into emotions more than like telling the actual story that and the things that were going on. Like, yeah, the ship got stolen. Yeah, they were trying to mine the Ipsium, but like pretty much the whole entire story was about these characters going through their emotions, mm -hmm. which I can't think of a, a Star Wars episode or something more, like where it's, I mean, there's a thousand episodes of Clone Wars, so I'm sure there's something <laughs> in there, but like off the top of my head immediately, like, I mean, yeah. Well, I was, I, oh, go I, ahead. I, I think that's a great thing to bring up because so many Star Wars stories are about the Jedi and they certainly have a complicated relationship with emotions and attachment. So it's interesting to see it from a non Jedi point of view. And it's good to say, and, and like this, the Jedi have said this too in several stories, but like to feel these emotions is good and human. It's like, it's okay to feel angry or upset. It's just that you don't want those emotions to, control you and tech his explanation to omega was good of saying that of course i feel sad that crosshair is gone and that echo is gone but i have to respect that they're their own people and they make their own choices it, it was interesting to see the, the non-jedi point of view while still telling a jedi story like it still fit the yeah. the right philosophy I was yeah, actually coming from clones. Mm -hmm. of all yeah. people. I was thinking on the drive over here um, about the, about the emotion aspect of the episode, because, you know, in the clone wars, which it dived into a lot of different emotions with a lot of different characters. And, you know, at the heart of it, we were focusing on just a few characters that we had, we'd known for a long time, but this episode definitely felt a lot more like rebels in the sense that mm -hmm. we are following this specific group of characters and we're finally getting to see them kind of like, for lack of a better term, spread their wings a little bit emotionally and like open themselves up and and have these kind of evolving conversations with each other that Rebels did so well for so long with those with those five, six, seven characters that we constantly saw on a rotating basis. Um, and this season, too, specifically has done that a lot. Like they've done a lot with with characters in different situations, whether it's, you know, it was Tech and Omega this episode. We've seen Echo and Omega. We saw Omega and Gunji, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago. It's There's been a, a lot of different situations where these characters have been able to kind of like sit down in a slower moment mm -hmm. and really evolve on emotional levels that we didn't get a lot in Clone Wars because it's so action-packed and mm -hmm. story-heavy it was very rebels because we followed those characters for so long inside the ship, uh, uh, the ghost in close quarters. And so that's, I think that's what season two is doing so well is it just giving us those small moments that matter that evolve these characters to wherever they're going to end up. Yeah. It's, it's giving family <clears throat> dynamic and that's very much what rebels gave yeah. to us. And you have Ezra and you have characters like, we got it a little bit in Clone Wars uh, with Ahsoka. These younger characters that are mm -hmm. witnessing everything going around, going on around them from everyone who's older, and like seeing how the younger and older 
people are like teaching each other these lessons. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's interesting to see that family dynamic again, but it is very much like Rebels. You're right. I, I think that's such a cool point to because this series is going to kind of bridge the gap between Clone Wars and Rebels. It already has with Hera and Chopper appearing in an episode. I don't think chronologically it's going to go all the way to Rebels, mm -hmm. but it is like a mixture of the two. It's really nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's it's like a it's it's like a point five. Like they're all one big story, and this is like a point five version of of the in between the bridge. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gapping that bridge really well, and I, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more than season season one. Kind of just like you felt like you were just going along, whereas this one you're kind of like diving into each person's problems and whatnot and it's making them more relatable than just telling like the action story yeah. and i yeah. think that's what when star wars does it they they're at their best is when you can like kind of like dive into the characters and how they're feeling and stuff like that so yeah it's yeah. been great it's it's why I get kind of upset whenever I hear the the word filler for for animation, especially because I feel like every one of these episodes, even if it's a silly side story, like the riot racing kind of felt like a silly side thing, but it had so much depth and emotion to the characters and the character development that like mm -hmm. when you mix that into the whole story of the whole season, it makes so much sense. You just got to dig a little deeper. You got to mine that Ipsium. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love well it. Well done. Babe, you're, you're so, so smart. smart. <laughs> <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> nice you really try, Brian. Forgot, you really forgot Valentine's Day, didn't you? <laughs> uh, well, I feel like that was the, the perfect way to end our discussion. Thank you, Molly. So, uh, Brian and Jake, we will let you go. But before you do, where can people follow you online? Uh, what do you got going on, etc.? That's the Twitter and Instagram if you want to go there. <laughs> uh, I'm creating a fun book cult on Goodreads if you want to follow me there. Brian Valsino is the name to look up. And then I'll let you do Apocalypse, but a certain point of view with molly and jill and jake and he shows up sometimes too <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you can find me on twitter instagram tiktok at qui-gon jake um two ends someone else took it before i did um a certain point of view with uh these two or these three actually because we review the last of us on tuesdays and then brian and i have a movie podcast channel called Apocaflix movies um we talk all kinds of movie stuff. You know, we play games and uh, cover all the big news and review and all kinds of crazy fun things. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that's live every Tuesday. So if you guys want to check that out, we'd uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. My favorite thing is. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Scotty. Says I like been really I was, was going to make sure to mention those that uh, I've, I've been showing up on the last of us streams because I love <laughs> we the literally we literally behind the scenes. He obviously is doing Valentine's Day stuff. The rest of us were like, Alex, you want to host? Because we don't want to <laughs> do it. 
<laughs> yesterday. So, but yeah, Jill, I, did, favorite, Jill did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did great. My favorite thing that I'll never forget is when you guys started uh, Mandalorian recaps, and you guys were taking name suggestions, and we had already started Fandalorian. And oh. saw that come up a bunch of times. Jake and I are like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now you guys have a hundred different great name shows. And we're like, <laughs> we just stick to the one good one that we found. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we're like, we're not going to push it. <laughs> we still, we still like, we have a name for the show. We, I think our Mando after show was called, this is the show. This Part of me wants show. to go dumber because all of our other <laughs> show names are dumber. But <laughs> what was the answer? Sure one? Uh, it, yeah. no ifs and or buts. That's so good. So, so good. good. We'll, we'll think of something think? dumb. <laughs> Andor wasn't out yet, Brian. When that when <laughs> we chose it, the Fandalorian Club is great, and the thumbnails that you guys are throwing up too. <laughs> that's all, Brian Ward. That's yeah, Brian that's Ward. Brian yeah. Ward. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. There, there are links in the description to follow Brian and Jake and POV. Subscribe to the channel. Come hang out with us on Tuesday because we're going to be talking about episode six. Yeah, six of The Last of Us, uh, which I'm uh, I'm loving that to death. Jake, I was bummed you weren't there yesterday because I wanted. It was to the there. one episode that I wanted to talk. <laughs> as the dogs are now getting oh. ready for me. Oh. We we can talk um, offline because I yeah, want to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See y'all. And nice we will. Brian, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we we will continue to take your super chats he probably left right as i was screaming that and it's like oh god love those guys <laughs> but uh, i we love doing gonna... pov with them and i i just wanted to give uh, an extra shout out to jill who is mm-hmm. our fourth co-host over on a certain point of view and me and jill do a monthly live stream called happy hour and it is a hoot and a half i tell you what if you want to see us get <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> Brian, don't cry. <laughs> uh, if you want to see me and Jill get a little toasty with some some drinks and some guests, uh, check out Happy Hour over. So on that's that's movie. next week, right? And we're gonna I'm gonna be on that <laughs> one too. Well, oh, that's a secret. You gotta tell <laughs> well, me no, what's a secret and what's not. It's, no, it's not a secret. It's just we haven't formally announced anything yet. But if if you're subscribed to a certain point of view and you saw last year's February happy hour, you might be able to guess what we're doing again this year. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep it. I'll keep it a secret then. Okay. But yeah, so let's, let's get into let's some, dive into some questions. Let me. Okay. So I, I think I starred all of these because that's that was a new feature that we found out that we could do on StreamYard. So let me scroll all the way up. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the the first one that we haven't already read from Power Rangers Explained. Thank you. Do we know if Boba or Omega had the chips? I'm going to guess no. I don't yeah, think I we think- know for sure. Omegas would have gone off by now, I feel like, <laughs> if she had one. That would have been cool to see. That would have been, like, Firefly moment. Oh, <laughs> that would have been kind of I guess neat. Serenity. Uh, they, yeah, they go to Braca. Everyone else gets their chips out. I feel like if Omega had a chip, they may have done a scan, and they were like, no, there's nothing in there. But the fact that she and Boba 
Alpha and Omega were both unaltered clones. They were the only two. I think it makes sense that they did not have a chip. I definitely don't think Boba had one because that just seems like the deal. He uh, Also, I don't think the Kaminoans saw Boba or Omega as clone troopers. Like, they weren't part of the army. They weren't going to be around Jedi. So what's the point of putting the chips in them? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to guess that's a no. I think so too. Um let's see. Ice has the next super chat. Actually, Ice has a few super chats in here. So let me read a couple of them here. Uh starting out with great episode, slower but very character focused. I'm glad they're really taking the time to explore the effect of Echo's absence on the team, especially Omega. It's exactly what I wanted to see. Agreed. I, I think yeah. we talked about that a lot about how just focusing in on everyone's emotions, especially Omega being the one that's like very outwardly emotional and being like, why aren't we talking about this? And then it just anytime we see people who are normally bottled up get to open up a little bit and express their feelings is feels good. Yeah, I'm glad that they spent an episode even though i was like kind of coming off the episode seven and eight high of like what's that clone trooper what's going to happen next like i i still want to get into the bigger picture stuff but echo leaving is a thing that deserves to be explored and the way that they did it they, they did it really well of showing it from omega's point of view of like i'm losing my family but also showing tech and the others and how they deal with it or refuse to deal with it but omega helps them deal with it <laughs> mm, yeah uh and then ice also says i loved the western vibes of the music that was excellent i always love it when star wars goes for a western aesthetic it was so good oh yeah the music in this one the music in all of these has been great but this one's especially like as soon as you hear it start at the beginning when there's like no dialogue you're like ooh. It's always fun to hear something just unique to Star Wars where I, I don't want to say that I heard it and I was like, that's not Star Wars. Because I, I still thought that fully felt within Star Wars, but I'm just like, oh, that's different. Whether it's Kevin Kiner doing like the Electra music in the Clone Wars movie, when that first happens, you're like, what is this? But uh, the the Western just just felt right and cool. I liked it. Oh, yeah. Especially with the the scenery, it looked very much like like Utah. <laughs> it was like just it looked like a western where you would film a western here. In the I US. feel like we did we call it Planet South Dakota or something like that in the reaction. <laughs> I can't remember that. Maybe or Wyoming <laughs> or something. <laughs> I feel like we talked about Planet Mesa. They'll probably come up with some like Tuckeriz Tuckerized name for it. I was looking at the the episode guides for uh, episode one and four name the planets like the beach planet is called Anna Bonnie, which is named after a pirate named Annie Bonnie. Mm. And uh, the planet where Safatoma, where the riot racing happens is Sarah Lonis named after Sergio Leone, the Western director. So I, I bet this planet will have a fun name like that. Yeah. 
Uh, and then I'll read one more from Ice. I know that they've got another one down here, but I'll, I'll save it for later. Uh, and when that stampede appeared, my, my first thought was, what is this, Star Wars or The Lion King? That gave me a good laugh. Can't lie, I was nervous. Very, very Lion King. I think anyone that saw The Lion King was like, that stampedes are no joke. You got to get out of there. And they even hide the way Simba hides, like up on a branch. Uh, everyone was afraid for someone to fall back down in that stampede. If you've seen The Lion King, that was a stressful moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a very intense moment and a moment of loss, which thankfully, I think all we lost in this stampede was maybe Wrecker's uh, back. <laughs> Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm probably going to yell that the next time I stub my toe. Just, <laughs> Just based off hey. of it. <laughs> uh, I think Lightspeed Bear's up next. Uh, thank you, Lightspeed Bear, for the next one. This was probably my favorite episode of the whole series so far. Wow. Loved the character development, tone, visuals, and sound masterfully put together. That's a good point. That's something that I meant to bring up earlier with Jake and Brian. I feel like I absolutely take for granted the Kiner Brothers music. I also just don't, I, I should, but I, I forget to talk about every episode, how beautiful it looks. Like this series looks so, so good. And Planet South Dakota or whatever it was looked really, <laughs> really cool. Yeah. I forget when this show was originally supposed to come out, but in in my head canon, it's like they pushed the release date. So the visual effects artist just went back in and was like, I'm going ham on this show. Like, I'm going to touch up everything so that it looks immaculate. There was a Star Wars Insider magazine about a year ago that said Bad Batch was going to come out in the spring. And then it didn't. And then we got to celebration in May and it said September. And then it didn't. <laughs> And then it finally came out now in January. And so I, I, I think it was probably supposed to start um, spring. It, it was probably supposed to lead into Kenobi last year, but mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they changed that. But I, I do really like it coming out alongside or just after Andor because the two series complement one another pretty well. So it's been fun to watch it after Andor. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring this up real quick because it's something that you brought up. Everyone references Westerns and Lion King, but who else saw Moria and Gandalf versus the Balrog from Lord of the Rings? I did. I did. Every time you see a far off shot of some people falling into water from a cave, I, I said that in uh, our commentary that we recorded right before doing this. We rewatched the episode. We recorded our commentary, and I was like, all I can see is Gandalf and the Balrog. <laughs> Here comes the Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, if you haven't seen that, is it a TikTok? Yeah, that's that's where I saw it. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, I was super late to that one. I think you only showed it to me like a couple months ago, but now every when time When we were I watching about, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, now every time I think about it, I just giggle for like 10 minutes. Just that that grandma sitting in her little chair. What new devilry is this? Oh, here comes the Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's see. Tin Man has the next super chat. The Bad Batch is now oh a car missing a wheel. So sad. Yeah, Echo was was one of the wheels, I suppose. Yeah. A five wheeled car. Well, there's still four of them, but yeah, it does. It it feels out of balance. Like you can feel that the whole episode that they're just not driving the way they used to. They don't handle like they used to. Yeah. Well, they they clearly can't handle their emotions very well. So, yeah. And that's it's spilling over into their work, which is just sloppy. <laughs> that's what you said earlier. They are being sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Shu has the next one. Thank you. It says, I kept thinking Kyber Crystal, Kyber Crystal, Kyber Crystal anytime Omega reached for anything glowy in the mines. Really? I wasn't I think thinking about that at all. I think there's, I wasn't either. I think there's still like that fan theory that maybe Omega could be force sensitive. I, I don't really buy into that anymore. I think if yeah. they were going to do that, like at first we were like, why are the Kaminoans so concerned about getting her back? But then they kind of answered that. And they were like, we just need her so we can keep uh, our cloning program going. And yeah. that's off the table now. So I, I I think she's just a, a normal girl. Yeah. I, I know in the first season I was kind of excited for that possibility, but I was too. The, the the farther that we get into the second season, the more I'm like, no, she, I want her to just be a normal girl. Like she's going through these adventures with the Bad Batch. Yes. But I want her to also have like a sort of a normal life at some point, be able to have an actual room that she can decorate and like dirt that she can play in because remember when she <laughs> was she so excited dirt, yeah. with dirt you know so if she's force sensitive that just brings up a whole bunch of other problems and and like potential adventures fun or not fun for her future and i i don't know i just like i'd like to see her just be a kid i mean i i like that this series largely minus kanan and gunji now uh is set aside from the Jedi. Like this should be a time where the Jedi aren't as abundant and we have plenty of them running around still. So I, I don't think Omega needs to be one of them. Yeah. I don't know if that's what Mr. Shu was getting at. They could have just found a Kyber mine, but <laughs> sure. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, they could sell that. <laughs> Sid would be thrilled. Uh, Sweet Feet Pete, thanks for the next super chat. I like seeing the lasting effects of Echo leaving. I feel like Star Wars doesn't dwell on effects of characters' decisions in an emotional way. I think you're right. Like sometimes we'll see it way down the line, uh, but I like that we're seeing this hap happen as it plays out. Something that jumps into my mind from reading this is. Uh, Mark Hamill in the making of Star Wars book talks about how when he, he in a new hope gets back to the Lars homestead and sees that aunt Beru and uncle Owen are dead. He did a take where he just had a huge emotional reaction and like fell to his knees. And uh, George told him to 
not do that and have a more reserved reaction so the audience could kind of put their own thoughts and feelings into Luke. But I, I think that there should be a place in Star Wars as well to do this. And yeah. it is kind of strange that uh, the, the book Heir to the Jedi gets a lot of flack, but I think one of the best things that it does is it gives Luke a, a chapter to grieve for his uncle, his aunt, and Biggs. That's not mm -hmm. the only reason I'm saying bringing this up, but like he lost so many people that were important to him so fast. And in the movie, it's just like we we zip on by. But yeah. I, I do think that it's important to show like, let's grieve the people that even though Echo's not dead, but the people that have moved on from us. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we get that a little bit too in Princess and the Scoundrel with Leia. They don't go into it much, but you see Leia or you read Leia's words of like how she's still still just like dealing with so much. She got so much new information all at once mm -hmm. in Return of the Jedi that like she's like, well, I got a lot to deal with now Uh huh. <laughs> on her honeymoon. It is. Yeah. The, the movies tend to be like, let's we're moving very fast. And then the, the farther down the funnel you get, they they have a little more time to breathe and explore yeah. emotions and stuff. And like, yeah, when a new hope was, was out that was like, no one knew how that movie was going to do. And no one knew that it was going to be this big, but now we're on a spinoff of a spinoff essentially. Uh, and we can focus in a little yeah. bit. We, we can make those characters be truly focused in their emotions about exactly what it's about. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Pete, Pete also has this super chat. I like how Star Wars Galaxy with their limitless technology, they still haven't mastered the technology of a car's key fob. And it seems like in a, like a cave is the most dangerous thing in the galaxy. <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know why they didn't lock the door. I mean, maybe the Havoc Marauder just doesn't have a lock. Who knows? But that seemed that like a no-brainer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that ex exists. I mean, it definitely does. Like there, there have been stories where they can lock their ship doors, but oh yeah, maybe Mando we... talks about like his ship. If like if Grogu is in it, and he like does something, like no one can can get in. So <laughs> so maybe whoever stole the ship just had some good slicing tools. Uh, but still, it seems like there should have been some sort of security on there maybe the maybe echo kept up with the security system okay we'll say that echo is the one that always locked the door and that's something else that they they forgot to do because echo wasn't around yeah i like that yeah <laughs> he's like like when i get out of the car that just something i have to hit the lock fob like twice just to make sure and that was echo's job but no one else did it so Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. Figured it out. Boom. Solved. Star Wars has been explained again. <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, Scotty here, and thank you for the next super chat. Do we know when the Bad Batch first entered active service and started participating in actual combat missions? Hmm. I would assume 
around the same time as the other clones. Like, it does seem a little weird, their timeline. Like, Omega mentions remembering seeing them, so she would have already been a few years old, at least. But I, I don't imagine that they... I guess it's possible they could have had advanced, even more advanced aging. But I also think that they probably just were part of the Clone Wars the entire time. I think they entered around the time of Geonosis. Yeah, well, because they were like enhanced clones, did we did we ever establish if they were enhanced on purpose or on accident? I think they were enhanced on purpose. I think they were purposeful mutations. Uh, that sounds like right. Seventy-five percent sure. If, if they if they had their own little lab room where they were born, quote yeah. unquote, I think they were done on purpose. So like, I think Omega knew about them from their creation. Yeah. With that in mind, maybe they were uh, delayed by just a little bit so that they could really focus on what their enhancements were. Mm. But I think, yeah, pretty pretty much. They've been out there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Cody knew who they were in season seven. So Cody had done something with them in the past. So it's not like they just barely got put into service. I feel like they were still around for most of the three years. Yeah. Uh, Ruben's random stuff. Thanks for the next super chat. Shout out to the writers for the fact that Tech immediately realizes he messed up with Omega instead of being confused and not realizing why he should apologize. I mean, are we talking about the second time around? Because the first time around, he's kind of like... Yeah, I, th I think he was a little gruff, just like, what's your issue? And then she yeah. storms off and he's like, oh, well. I don't know. It, it may have been something that he knew that he was like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. But I mean, like yeah. I say things and I go like, mm, I shouldn't have said that. But yeah, well, everyone's so frustrated in the beginning yeah. of this episode that he obviously says it out of frustration. And in his mind, when Omega is like, I want to be alone, he takes that very literally in his when he's asked to go check on her, he's like, she said she wanted to be alone. So like in his mind, he's respecting her request, but he's just like, he's not yeah. digging deep enough to figure out like what, what Hunter says, which is like, she knows the truth. That's why she's mad. Uh-huh. I mean, that that's definitely something that I've done too, is that if, if someone tells me something, I will be like, I believe you. I take you at your word and I will do what you said when that's not necessarily the meaning behind the words. Yeah. Uh, Joel Ramirez has the next super chat. Very generous. Thank you so much, Joel. Hey guys, hope all is well. My God, Molly, that was an amazing drawing. Good job. I found the lack of concern from Sid at the end disappointing. Soon they're going to ask themselves, are we on the right path with Sid? Totally agree. I think that's the point. I'll show my drawing yeah. again for anyone who hasn't seen it, because I've been killing it with my drawings <laughs> lately. 
very so cute. cute. Um, and I, I think you're right with Sid. Sid mm -hmm. is really pushing some serious buttons when she just hung up on them. Yeah. Literally pushing a button to hang up on them. Like, no, that's not cool. She's sending them out on these random missions to get her some fast cash and like putting them in danger. Yeah, I, I think that we are definitely supposed to be thinking back to the faster episode where Malegi was like, be careful around Sid. Like, she's not going to show you the same loyalty that you show her. And now she's proving him right. So this is just like step one. She hasn't full on betrayed them, but I, this is not a good sign. So, yeah, I, I think that you're right that hopefully this is a wake up call for them to go. Should we be here? Is there somewhere else we're needed, as Echo talked about in the previous episode? Mm -hmm. I am responding to someone in chat. Okay. Well, I'll read the next super chat from Babbles the Clown. Thank you so much, Babbles. Howdy. One of my favorite things about this episode is how emotionally mature and in tune Wrecker was shown to be. Nice for the big brute character. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, I, he immediately recognizes that something is wrong when they're when the two of them are out being lookouts. He but, he still doesn't have the best words to say. He says something yeah. like, You'll get used to it. Like because that's it, it what is he's been telling. Comfort. That's what he's <clears throat> excuse me. That's what he's been telling himself. And that's like what soldiers are kind of like taught to do emotionally yeah you'll get used to it so in that moment he thinks he's being he thinks he's being helpful yeah but he is still it's interesting to see like tech is the quote intelligent one but wrecker sees so much that he does not that yeah uh tech is smart but wrecker is also like you you messed up with the kid like go check on the kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, sweet Wrecker. Which I thought was cute. Yeah, Wrecker's the best, still. He's still my favorite. Look at him. Oh, my gentle giant. <laughs> oh, dang it. I should have said that when Brian was on, because if you're still listening, Brian, I think that's a joke from Sorority Boys. What? Anyways. <laughs> the, the gentle giant joke. Anyways. Well, I don't know what <laughs> Sorority Boys is. <laughs> It's a movie from like the okay. early 2000s. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Bakey has the next super chat. Thank you, Bakey. The quote unquote bad batch implies that there's something wrong with them. Who gave them this name? Was it the regs or have they ever been even been called this in a canon story? I mean, they were called this in their introduction. Cody said they're called the bad batch. Yeah, so, so maybe that yeah. means the regs gave them that nickname. That that would make sense. I mean, they were Clone Force 99, which Rex even points out like nice touch with the name, referring back to Clone 99, who had defects, but mm -hmm. was a, a damn hero and everyone yeah. loves. So like, I think that they probably named themselves to honor him. I, I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came up with the name themselves. 
it could be kind of a like they, they don't have the best relationship with the regs. They never have. They they really addressed that in the first season. So I, I think that maybe to like get ahead of the teasing, they either called themselves the Bad Batch or accepted the name. I don't think it bothers them. No. I mean, it's it's a lot. It has a, a nicer ring, or I don't want to say nicer. It has a more bad boy ring than Clone Force 99, the Bad Batch. Yeah. Like, I think they like that name. MC Lego Boy says they call themselves the Bad Batch. I do think that's Cody's line in season one or in season seven. Yeah. That when they show up, he's like, they call themselves the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Like, they and they are. I'm a bad boy. Yeah. They are kind of the bad boys of clones. Yeah. Like, they don't do things by the book, they improvise. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Is it my turn? My bad. It is. Matthew Byron. Okay, I was looking at you. <laughs> Matthew Byron has the next super chat. Thank you, Matthew. Hello, all. Curious about Mando season three. Do you think the Galactic Concordance will be brought up in season three as we see more of the New Republic? Who will be the big bad of season three, if not Lemoff? <laughs> <laughs> Lemoff. Uh, I doubt the Galactic Concordance will be brought up. That's just, that's like the the treaty that ends the galactic civil war that's signed mm-hmm. after the battle of Jakku. I mean, it could get a name drop the same way they name dropped a lot of nerdy stuff in Andor, but I don't think it's going to be like important to the plot or anything. Probably not. I mean, we're going to see grief Karga being, having more of a say and like a more impressive role. Uh, is he the mayor or like, does he have a magistrate? Title? Yeah. No. I don't know. He's, he's something. He's, he's something more important than he used to be on Navarro. So yeah. we might get a little bit more new Republic involvement with Navarro, but I think it will be fairly vague. It's like, we, we've definitely seen, I think it's Hosning and prime. It could be Coruscant. We've seen Carson Teva. So I think we're getting more new Republic stuff, but I don't think they're going to go that deep talking about the galactic concordance, unless it's just a simple nerdy name drop for the big bad. I mean, I think it will Moff Gideon is definitely still in it. Giancarlo Esposito Esposito has confirmed that. But I think we're still going to be building to someone else that's blue. I I, I think that's, that's probably the, the end game <laughs> for that. Yeah, I think so too. But we'll save the Mando talk for not the Mando after shows. We can talk about it on tomorrow's live stream. Whenever. More in depth. More in depth, yeah. Uh, I did see a few people throughout the night bringing this up in chat and I am sorry that we did not bring it up earlier but I did want to touch on this uh ice with another super chat as someone with autism Asperger's syndrome I struggled to express emotions and I've related to tech and his personality and mannerisms a lot since the Clone Wars season seven but this episode really drove that home 
I, I think that was absolutely on purpose. I think that was part of the story. I do too. And it's, it's hard knowing when or when not to label a character as neurodivergent in a animated series like this, or even in a live action series. But I think it was pretty on the nose for what tech was going through and what he says to Omega as being like, yes, I have trouble expressing my emotions. It can be hard for me, but that does not mean I don't feel any less than you do. And that was like such a important line for him. And it was nice for Omega to see that and understand it and accept it. And, and even not even just move on from the issue, but like, uh, I, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but to embrace him even more the yeah. way that I, I loved the end where she repeats his line of like, we'll figure it out together. Like we always do. And they nod at each other. Like that was such a great period on the end of that sentence. Omega but, has so many great moments in this episode that are quiet moments where you can see her looking directly at one of the members of the Bad Batch where she's like listening very intently and sizing them up much like kids do with adults. Yeah. And so in that moment, you see her like understand what, what he's telling her. And it's nice for other kids who may be on the spectrum to see that and to be able to like maybe hear it in a simpler way from an animated show that they love and to see themselves in tech who is a straight up hero like he he has an arc this episode uh where he he starts out being very blunt and gruff with omega but still like that moment where she falls into the pit and he dives in after her no thought like i have to save omega and of course throughout the rest of the series being part of the heroic bad batch like it, it's great yeah. So yeah, I I think it was touched on a little bit and you know, you could probably assess that from a lot of his dialogue throughout the show so far, but this episode pretty much solidified it. I yeah, I think people have been questioning that and curious about it since he was introduced, but to have him like straight up say those lines was yeah. great. And it's great to see like the smartest one of the group is the one that like has trouble showing emotion and like expressing how they feel. It's it, it happens all the time. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, where Garth did we McMurray leave off? Has... Oh, this one with Gonky and <laughs> yeah, just saying Gonky and B two emo should be on a very slow road trip together. No. <laughs> A very slow one. Well, yeah, because B2 Emo would have to stop and charge. But he could charge off of Gonky because Gonky's a walking <gasps> battery. They're perfect. They're perfect for each other. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Eventually, Gonky's going to have to charge too. And he's <laughs> he's defective because he can't hold a full charge, as they've established. That's why he's the Bad Batch's droid. But no. still, <laughs> they're perfect for one another. If Gonky doesn't get a hero moment, I'll be so mad. I think he will. Some someday. 
uh, and I'll read uh, these last two from Ice. Thank you so much, Ice, for all the super chats tonight. I related a lot to Tech explaining how he felt about Echo leaving and not showing it in the same way as the others. That moment was so relatable to me. I will say when Tech was so blunt and almost apathetic with Omega, I was going, yeah, not cool, dude, but bordered on total ignorance in my opinion. But I also get it from both sides, even if I'm in Omega's corner. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like in the beginning of the episode, I was like, what is Tech doing? Like, cool it, man. Well, I think it's easy. I kind of touched on this earlier. It's easy to see someone do something that you're like, I know that was wrong, but it's like, I, I've also said things just like that before that in the moment, especially when you're already having a terrible day and you're stressed out trying to escape a cave. We've all been there. Like <laughs> you, yeah. you're just not fully thinking about what you're saying. So I don't think he was apathetic. He was just doing what he does. Like we, we've seen him do that in so many stressful situations of just, I'm just stating what is true. But like this time, it was a, a true but hurtful thing. Right. And that happens, like you said, it happens all the time when there's something deeper going on that is the root of your emotion, your current state of emotion being kind of on edge. But you tend to take it out on other people without almost without realizing it. And so it can be hard to deal with as much as much as they're having to deal with right now i mean this this group has gone through a, a lot and they're just trying to survive at this point our next one is from allison wolf thank you allison the conversation between tech and omega meant so much to me as a neurodivergent person especially since he's a main character not just a one-off yeah, I love that we're yeah building off of this, that people get to see themselves. Yeah, not just as someone, it's not like it was Teo in the Faster episode, but it's one of the main characters of the series. Mm -hmm. And Frank, like people have been hoping that Tech would get more character development since the series started. Season one didn't focus on him and Echo as much. So it's really great to have Tech get two episodes so far this season that are like, these are Tex episodes. Yeah. Sweet, sweet Tech. He's my favorite for a reason. Uh, Garth McMurray has the next one. Thank you, Garth. I joked that the sound effects people messed up because the Bad Batch were walking in a deep valley and there was no echo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's... That's sad, Garth. There was no echo. I feel like, didn't he make that joke about himself last season? No, someone. Or someone, someone made someone else joke about did it. Him. I, I think it was it was Tracer Rafa in that episode. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, so someone said, "Is there an echo in here?" And Echo kind of like looked yeah. up and looked around. <laughs> I wonder if he gets that a lot and we just don't see it on screen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. 
Uh, Zephrex has the next one here. Very small detail, but I adored how fearless Omega was drilling into a highly volatile subs substance. She was so confident about it, it made me nervous. Yeah, we kind of touched on this at the very beginning of the stream and how the whole other, every other member of the group were being kind of sloppy in this episode because they were like so unfocused and trying to deal with too many emotions at once. Whereas Omega was like straight out, I want to talk about this. I'm upset that Echo isn't here anymore. I'm upset about the Marauder that like, yeah, she has focus. I, I was also nervous about it though. Just they kept talking about how volatile it was. But yeah, I love that it wasn't ever. The only trouble she got into was just ignoring her. Ignor ignoring the conversation with Tech so much that she like went for that last bit and fell in the hole. But other than that, she she was on it. And also that tool is super cool. I like that. Oh, the little like extractor tool. Yeah, that seems like something you'd find in a video game. Like, I I, I would want one of those. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> Lindsay Brown has another super chat next. Thank you, Lindsay. I don't know about Sid. I kind of wonder if she didn't send them to those droids because she knew Gunji was there. Maybe she is trying to help the Jedi. Didn't send. Oh, because she is. She was a, an informant for the Jedi, so we do know that. Hmm, that would be interesting if she like couldn't talk outwardly about it, but she's like, I know that Gunji's here and I'll just send them there and hope that, I don't know, that's that's pretty much a shot in the dark though, like sending them there on a mission and hoping that they find Gunji and free him. They stumble into it, yeah. I, I Right now I'm on board with the whole Malegi says that you shouldn't trust Sid and I'm like, yeah, I don't trust Sid, but I will be happy to have that be a twist and be like, oh, she's actually been working to do this other thing. And we just didn't know. I don't really think that's where the story is going, but I'm wrong all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I've been right about everything I've said tonight. You've never been wrong once. Mm -mm. <laughs> not so far. Well, Chazatron 5000 has our last super chat of the night here. Thank you, Chazatron. If the Batch do get a new ship, what other ship do you think would fit them best? I think they could use some more space. Yeah, give them uh, a VCX 100. Okay, okay. What if we gave you them... impressed? Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> I know you know what that is. I know. It's the ghost. It's the ghost. What about Trace and Rafa's ship? What if uh, they don't need it at the moment? And and originally, Trace and Rafa's ship was like the original design for the Ghost, and then they redid it for Star Wars Rebels. So it it does have enough room for a full family. Basically, mm -hmm. I'm just saying everyone needs mm -hmm. their own room. If they were to spread out a little bit, that would be nice. I like that. Right now, yeah. Omega's the only one with, like, a room. <laughs> yeah. What if they named their next ship the Echo? Aw, that's cute. 
Oh. Or the gonky. Honestly, let's do it. Let's do the gonky. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get gonky back. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Echo would mean more, I think. Uh, oh, and I saw this earlier in the chat. Um, January 34 wanted to send something wanted in, to I think. Wanted, I, I think Chazotron was just offering this one up. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Um, thank you, Chazertron. Do you think Omega witnessed the invasion of Kamino, and what are y'all's thoughts on it? Oh, yeah, she must have. She's never been off Kamino. I mean... Or until uh, that match, obviously. Oh, my God, I forgot the Kaminoan's name that were, was working with her. Nalase. Nalase, yeah. They all sound so similar. I... Malise, Tanwi, Lamasu, come on. It it seemed like Nalise wanted to keep her away from a lot of stuff, but I'm sure she has some unresolved trauma from that. Well, I we saw in the Bad Batch season one finale, like all the underwater stuff and the secret lab, where I think she, I think Omega said they were born there, but maybe they took her down somewhere where she wouldn't have had to be around the worst of the fighting. I think they probably would have kept her safe. Yeah. Especially knowing what we know about her now that like, she was important to them that they, when they ran out of Django Fett's DNA, they would need her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to what? bring up one more, uh, just real quick. Lindsey Brown asked, "Can't can't you believe people can change?" Like Sid said, I do think that Sid is eventually going to be on the right side. Like it doesn't seem like a very Star Warsy story to have her a challenge Malegi like that mm -hmm. to say, "I might surprise you. People can change." I think yeah. that's what she wants to believe. I think at this moment, she's not there. She's yeah. not being helpful to the batch. So I think that eventually she will see them as more family. But right now I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think that's on purpose actually. Cause like we're, we're seeing all these lessons being taught to not just Omega, but the bad batch in general. And I like that they're giving Omega the chance to see people mess up, to see people maybe not do the right thing when they're supposed to. Like she's getting to see Sid mess up again and again and again, but like she's still hopeful that she'll do the right thing. And like, yeah, eventually, hopefully Sid will do the right thing. But I think that's important for someone like Omega to see that some people don't change. And you have to learn those lessons too, which are hard to learn, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to bring our stream to an end right here at about two hours. That was good. So thank you to uh, Jake and Brian from POV for joining us again. There's links to follow them down in the description and check out certain POV because we'll be over there on Tuesday to discuss the last of us episode six. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's, do you have anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> I don't think so. I had a lot of fun talking about this episode. I, I did too. 
I really liked this episode. And I, I told you earlier that like sometimes the episodes with that are more straightforward and have a bunch of action, it kind of loses me. But episodes like this where, where it gets into some really deep character stuff. Yeah, I'm into it. I, I always enjoy these discussions, too. I feel like when I first saw the episode, I, I had some disappointment that we weren't following up on like the big stuff from episodes seven and eight. But the more we rewatch it and talk about it, I just like I really have enjoyed this one. So you're like uh, if tech were a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and tech is like, but where where is Gunji? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? I mean, kind of, yeah. Like we we joke about tech being a, a Wikipedia of sorts, like where he always is able to bring up information right away. And it's like, yeah, sometimes I, I need to sit with an episode a little longer where it's dealing with just like the human things and not not the canon things that I know about. Yeah. And can easily talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are gonna be live streaming again tomorrow evening at our normal time, 6 p.m. Eastern, continuing with our Lego build, and we can talk about anything. We can keep it going on the Bad Patch or the upcoming Mandalorian or whatever. Legos, yeah. anything you want. I don't care. I'm just going to build that Razor Crest. <laughs> going to build and chat. <laughs> but thank you all for watching. We're going to wrap it up, and may the Force be with you. Bye.